Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I'm happy to be in church. How about you? I think you came to the right place today. Thank you for your resound agreement. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. And we are going to continue in our series that we've been on in for, well, this is our fourth week. Um, I want to say hello to Mr. and Mrs. Tom Miller, who are in the house today. Derek Miller's parents are here. And uh, well, I see Dad right now. Mom's probably with the baby or something. Grandma's probably with the baby or something. But glad to have you with us today. And Amber, haven't seen you in a while. I've been off in college. And uh, so it's good to have you back home for a while. How long are you here for? I'm sorry, I asked. I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> Glad to have you. All right. We're continuing our series, Forces of Life. And what we've discovered over the past few weeks is there are these forces in your life, and they can either bring great destruction and harm to you, but if you use them in the right way, the God way, that they'll take your life into everything that God has for you. God has a lot of things planned for you. A lot of good and great things. And, and it's, his, it's his desire that you live your life every day after him, after his will, that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I hope that your desire is that same desire. Amen. It ought to be the desire of every believer to live their life solely to please God. Amen. And when you do that, your life goes in a really good direction. And one of the ways that you live your life pleasing God and taking your life into a good, good, good future is through the process of this first force we talked about a few weeks ago, sowing and reaping. That you see your life, that you see yourself as a seed sower. What you say, your words are seeds. What you think, your thoughts are seeds. And what you do, your actions are seeds. And so... They are taking you into good things or bad things, negative things or positive things. And so if you don't like where you've arrived at this point, you don't like the harvest that you've produced for your own life by your words, thoughts, and actions, today you can just start sowing new seed. That's the beauty about the grace of God. Amen. He doesn't hold that against you. He says, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it the right way. His mercies are brand new every day, the Bible says. Brand new every day. And so all you have to do is just repent. That is, it's the word metanoia. Everybody say metanoia. And it just means change your mind. Change. People have funky ideas about what repentance is. It just means change the way you think. Just change your mind. That's it. Change your mind. Well, that's refreshing, isn't it? Just change your mind. Anybody can change your mind. Anybody can change their mind. And then we talked about the force of, of your belief system. How important it is that you can have all the right intentions but have the wrong beliefs and still go in the wrong direction. So you got to, Jesus said it like this in Mark eleven twenty two: 22, have faith in God. Yeah. Amen. And build your life on your faith in God. And then uh, we talked about last week the force of relationships, that you really are only going as far as the friends you're hanging out with. Amen. Amen. Whatever company you keep, that's as far as you're going in life. So get around people that will help stretch you, help you go forward. All right? They'll talk into your life, speak into your life good things. They'll talk about your future.
help you get to where God's called you to be. You don't need people dragging you down. You don't need people distracting you and causing you to trip up, all right? Shine those friends. Let's go on. Find some real friends. Hmm? Ones that'll, that'll pull you towards your future, toward the things of God. Amen. And then today, we're going to talk about the force of habit. Now, habits, habits are not bad things. They can be, but we all have to use, we all have to, we all are habitual. Let me say it like that. We are habitual. And so it's important that you understand that you get the right kind of habits operating in your life. And you can help the habits that you have. Man, you guys were with me until I said that. And then it just got too quiet in here. Great people have great habits. The people that you and I admire the most, think about it, for their character, for their integrity, the things they stand for, you admire them because they have great habits. It's the truth. They've figured out a way to harness the power of a habit and to use it effectively in their life. So can you. Amen. Jesus had the habit of going to church. In Luke chapter 4, we find him in in verse 16. It says that uh, Luke chapter 4 and verse 16 (laughs) So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom was. So it was a habit. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Also Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, he had a great habit of giving thanks to God in prayer every day, three times a day. Daniel chapter 6, we find now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. These, these, these men had developed good habits. David made a habit of praising God continually. Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise the Lord. Great habits. And the problem is that so many people, though, spend their, much of their time trying to break the unwanted habits, right? And, and, and by, by, they do it by wishing, wishing it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I wish I didn't do this. I wish I wasn't doing uh, in this vicious cycle. Well, wishing doesn't do anything, does it, though? It doesn't empower you to change. Hoping, even, even answering an altar call at church, you know, waiting and respond, to respond to the right kind of thing, you know, when you feel everything's right and you feel that tug on your heart and you go to the altar and you think this is it, this is the point, this is the, this, and, and, and it might be. But that experience is not what makes it happen. It is your faith, it's your, it's your, your commitment to that change. Because the truth is, you're going to walk away from the altar and you're going to get in your car, and you're going to drive home and get back into your life. All right? And then we're going to see. Then we're going to see if the change took place. I've seen lots of packs of cigarettes brought to the altar before and then see the same guy smoking two days later. I mean, that's, right? So, because it, it didn't, and I'm not picking on you smokers here. Um, I'm just using an example. I've seen it. Uh, it because it doesn't. That's not it. You've you got to understand that God has given you the ability. God has given you the power. He's given you the mind. He's given you the choice. Right? So you have to choose. So it's, it's not just about waiting for this right moment in order, and you can't cast out a bad habit. Man, wouldn't it be convenient if it was just a demon? You know? Be gone. 
and it's gone. You can't cast out a habit because it's your habit. Come on. You need a new habit in order to break the old one. That's all you need. You just need to start a new one and let it replace the old one. And I promise you the new one will take care of the old one. Yeah. This is really good, practical stuff for you today. And I want to help you. I'm here to help you today. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you today. All right? Amen. God gave us brains to use, not to just carry around in our heads. Contrary to popular belief, Christianity really is a thinking religion. Right? C.S. Lewis said you have to think and be a real Christian. Amen. I love that. And listen, a healthy alternative is what's important in changing your habits, right? The Uncle Buck system of going from cigarettes to cigars to the pipe, to chewing tobacco, it's not a good healthy alternative. <laughs> it's going from one bad habit to another, right? Right? So it's got to be a, 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 health, a good, good change. See, not, you, that alone... You putting your energy into a new thing, that will fix the bad habit. You only have to worry about it. As a matter of fact, it'll do a lot better than you could on your own. Amen. I, I'm, I'm, psychologists say that it takes like 21 days for you to develop a new habit. So don't expect in two days to have everything figured out. Don't expect in two days for the new thing to be natural in your life. Right? Amen. 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 You got to give it time. And I'm truly amazed at the very little, tiny, short-lived efforts people make to change. And even more amazed at the large amount of talk, time, and energy spent on the excuses why they don't change. Now, I'm talking about somebody else in some other church. I'm not talking about any of you guys here today. So you can just tell your neighbor, and oh, I think he's talking to you. Right? It's true. I hear that. I don't know how many times I've heard this. I tried diet and exercise. It didn't work for me. It didn't work. It didn't. Past tense. That means you stopped. You didn't work. That's the problem, right? It'd just be refreshing to hear, Pastor, I'm just lazy. I don't want to put out the effort. That's the truth. I don't have any excuses. I don't want to do it. Okay, thank you. At least that's honest. Appreciate that. <laughs> excuses. I like this quote. Excuses are the tools with which people with no purpose in view build for themselves great monuments of nothing. <laughs> okay. Excuses are the tools with which people with no purpose in view build for themselves great monuments of nothing. That first thought I gave you earlier, you need a new habit in order to break the old one. The second one is excuses fuel bad habits. As long as you're making up reasons why you can or can't, you're giving your mind no chance to think a new thought. Because it's reasoning, it's trying to calculate. It's, 
But see, when you implement a new behavior in your life, it takes time before it becomes a pattern. So be patient. Huh? God's patient. Be patient with yourself. Don't expect to have everything figured out in just a couple of days. I remember when we moved to McKinney from San Angelo, um, we got a new home phone number. And a few things were, were changed in this, in this way. For one, we didn't have to dial an area code out there. You could just dial the seven numbers. And here we had to learn that you had to dial all ten. And then our phone number just had no poetic form to it. You know, you want your phone number to have like maybe some matching numbers, something, some way to, to remember it, you know, some way to sing it. I don't know. Figure out something. But it was very difficult. And I did not want to let that new number replace the one I had in my head as my home number. And it was difficult. But I had to do it. And so it just took time. I had to just keep saying that number, keep talking about it, keep telling other people my new number, keep looking at the number, keep dialing the number. But over time, it became natural. And it was so uncomfortable in the beginning. Are you hearing me today? A new behavior, a new habit will never become, it'll never become comfortable, it'll never become easy or automatic until you make a repeated conscious effort. Amen. Got to use your mind. Eventually, it'll be as natural as walking, breathing, and eating. Amen. And the old habit is far behind you, dead and gone. Right? And you know what? People see habits as these great mountains a lot of times. They see it as this, this strong thing, as this, this deep-rooted, unmovable force. And they, they just feel incapable of doing anything about it. And as a result, they experience defeat. And that might be somebody here in this room today. You might, you might feel like there is no way in the world that you can change this. But I'm here to give you good news. You can there is hope. As long as God is in heaven and Jesus is sitting at his right side, you have hope. You have hope. He made a way for you. Amen. Jesus, Jesus did a great thing for us. Made a way. He broke the power of sin. He, he unraveled the works of the devil. Destroyed him, the Bible says. Right? So he's given you the advantage, but you have to work it. Amen. Number three thought here, the object to life is not to be habit-free, but to be free of negative habits and to replace them with higher habits. Can I get a good amen this morning? And if you don't think you have habits, just talk to somebody that knows you really well. They'll pull out a list. They'll be happy to tell you. Amen. Amen. Your loved ones, your family, friends, co-workers, uh-huh. They don't mind at all telling you your habits, right? Glad to share it. So are you. <laughs> People associate the kind of person we are by the habits we have. Now, I like that and I don't like it. <laughs> right? Some... Someone's always late, or someone's never late, right? Did you have people just come into your mind? Hmm? The ones you know that are always late, the ones you know that are never late, right? Some people always see the possibilities, others just see the problems. Some people see they have a predictable, predictable frown, my brother. 
Now, he, he won't even be mad, but he's got brow furrow. And as a result, he was, he was misunderstood all the time growing up. People always thought, what's wrong with Brandon? What's up? He's a heavy brow. Poor guy. <laughs> Unfortunate. And some people are predictable smilers. Well, no, it's true. My brother has had to, over the years, he's pastors a church, so you can understand how it's important for him to be a smiler. He's had to force himself to smile, right? Not that he didn't want to. It just wasn't natural. Yeah. What, or let me say this, we are what we do repeatedly. A change of habit, let let me just give you a few things a change of habit can do for you today. Help you see, help you look up, help you look out. Change of habit, of habit can offer you a promotion and a job. A change of habit can bring you into a new relationship. A change of habit can deepen your relationship with Almighty God. A change of habit can change the atmosphere in your home. It can add years to and increase the quality of your life. Can I get a good amen today? If you could change just one thing, one habit today, what would it be? What would it be? Just one thing. You might be thinking, it's a, it's a hundred things, Pastor. Okay, let, let's start with one. You change one thing, one mannerism, one character flaw, right? One attitude. If you could change that, what would it be? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, let's read but also for this very reason, and look what the, the Apostle Peter's t- teaching us here. This is so good. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Everyone say all diligence. That is, you're expending energy here, all right? You're, give, you're putting effort into this. Add to your faith. Faith is the foundation. It's how you got saved, right? By grace, you have been saved through faith. You add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, come on, help me read it. Knowledge. To knowledge, there's two wonderful words, aren't they? Self, to self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Now look at this. Look at the promise. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never be barren or unfruitful. How many of you want that going on in your life? I want that in my I always want to be fruitful in my life. If you have a desert going on in your soul, it is nobody's fault but yours. Right? Now, I'm not talking about literally being in a desert. Like we were in El Paso this past week. There's a lot of desert out there. Anyone been out there before, El Paso? We spent a month there for three days. I was a, we were at, at a conference out there, but once you get past Monahans, Texas, you expect any time for the devil to come running alongside your car because you think this is the only being that could survive out here. <laughs> if these things are yours, and about, look at this, you can always have a fruitful life. You know, the Bible teaches us that our lives, out of our heart, shall flow rivers of living water. 
rivers of living water. Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. That is, he's got his mind working on the word all the time. Day and night, meditating. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. What an, what an incredible promise. See, that is a, that is a life that, is, that has a great habit of the Word. The Word. Speaking the Word. Thinking on the Word. Meditating on the Meditation is not an evil thing. Meditate on the right thing. Meditate on the Word of God. Keep His Word near you. Keep it in. When you lay down in your bed, when you wake up in the morning, let His Word come out of your mouth. Amen. Talk his word. Teach your children the word of God. Talk to your wife, your husband about the word. Amen. Get it in your mind. Get a habit of the word in your life so that you can live in its reality. Amen. You look in the Bible and you see such stark contrast. Change that. What God calls you and what you see, change that. You can change that. Renew your mind to that word. Amen. Develop that habit of the word of God in your life. and Add to your faith. I love this list of things. Just add to your faith these things. If you'll spend your time and your energy adding these things, you won't have time to do the other stuff. I think I, got, I heard a guy say, if you get busy doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. <laughs> Amen. But these, adding these things will keep your life from being barren and unfruitful. Amen. And, uh, and I hope nobody here today thinks that your life is just fine how it is and you don't need to change because that's a lie. You know, people get satisfied. I got my house, my car, my wife, job, health. I'm good, right? The problem is you're not good because it's not going to last long because everything's changing all the time. And if you <clears throat> are not making the right kind of changes, excuse me, <clears throat> then the negative changes are going to change you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you have been a Christian for five years or so? Five years plus. All right. How many of you remember your life before that? All right. Now, let me ask you a question. When you got saved, when you gave your life to Christ, did you, did you, did you take, realize that you needed to change some habits? Hmm? And because those old habits can certainly hinder the new life. They really can. And you found out after a while, wow, it didn't all just go away. <laughs> I'm still thinking some of those thoughts. I'm still doing some of those things. And you realize that you had to take responsibility for your own life. Yeah, Jesus saved you. Yeah, he put his, his spirit on the inside and gave you every advantage to overcome every obstacle in life. But you had to implement it. You had to make the choices, right? You had to make the change. And God's with you all the way through it. Praise yeah. God. He's there to help you, and his grace is sufficient for you. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. But you know, coming into this new life, you might have brought anger habits with you, worry habits, hanging out with the old friends habits, lying habits. So we tend to underestimate the effect of those things in our life. But think of it like this. Think of it like this. 10 years of saving money or 10 years of excessive spending. 10 years of living a life of thanksgiving or 10 years of complaining. 
10 years of coming to church and getting involved and serving and, and being hungry for the word and loving worship and always being on time yeah. and always being at all the services yeah. or obligatory church attendance for 10 years. Let me read this to you. I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do might just as well be turned over to me, and I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I'll do it automatically. I am the servant of all great people and, alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a person. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me. Train me. Be firm with me. And I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. <laughs> Quite a thought today, isn't it? Now, I know the, the things that we've been going over the past few weeks are, are very practical things. But you've got to understand these basic, basic principles of life if you're going to experience the God kind of life and understand the power that you have, the power called choice. Mm -hmm. You can change those habits by putting new ones there. Quit wishing it to go away. Quit crying about it. Change it. Change it. Do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. Aren't you tired of just talking about it? Do it. Just do it. Amen. It's like a good slogan for a shoe company. The truths we've gone over. You need a new habit in order to break an old one. Excuses fuel bad habits. The object to life is not to be habit-free, but to be free of negative habits and replace them with higher habits. We are what we do repeatedly. And if you're not making positive changes, negative changes are making you. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads for a moment? Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.